When you're the host of a podcast, you hope that every episode is pure perfection. But that's simply not possible. Nobody's perfect. I can't always be perfect, nor can anyone. But today's episode, I'm really, really proud of. Because I share some really personal things, something I went through, and it's not the most dramatic or traumatic, but it's personal and it was difficult. And I wanted to share it with you. And so I did. And I'm proud of it. So let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins, and I want to talk about self-criticism. I literally recorded an entirely different episode today, recorded it, planned on having it out at about between 6 and 8 p.m. Right now it's 11, 10 p.m. on a Friday. And I finished this episode and I was like, all right, got that done. And then it was like almost nagging at me. I thought, this isn't a very good show. I, I, the show that I want to do is a show that when people listen to it, they walk away from the show or they put down their headphones or whatever, and they think, oh, I learned something, I felt something, something along those lines, or isn't that interesting, or huh, that makes me think, or wow, Jody shared something personal or unique, or she was very open. And I had this entire episode about a TV show and what I think about the TV show. And I'll just tell you, the show was um, the Netflix show Love is Blind, and there was this whole thing on Love is Blind about this guy who had bad credit. And the episode I recorded was all about, is bad credit something that is or should cause red flags? Or is it something that is a deal breaker? Like, do you leave somebody with bad credit? Or is it just something to be aware of and make sure you work on, maybe be cautious of? And so I have this whole episode. And I don't think it's bad. I don't know. It's hard to judge yourself sometimes. I may even put it out as a bonus episode like tomorrow or something. But as I went on about my day, as I was busy and running errands and doing stuff and taking care of my daughter, I was like, that isn't an episode that I would share with my friends if I were not me and I was listening. That isn't an episode that I would make sure I finished or got back to. That's not an episode that goes, ooh, you know what? I've never heard Jody's, you know, big time small talk before. I just stumbled across it and listened to this one episode. That's not an episode that makes them go, I wanna keep listening. Let me follow, like, subscribe, whatever and make sure to never miss another episode of Big Time Small Talk. Or is it? And I don't know. I kind of think it's not. But then it got me thinking about how self-criticism is so damning and so damaging. And we can all, most of us are excellent 
when it comes to beating up on ourselves. Let me just adjust my microphone here for a second. Uh, there we go. Um, and it's hard to really find a way to judge myself in this case, me, it's hard for me to go, okay, is this show good or at the very least good enough? And I don't mean good enough, like lazy, like, well, <laughs> it's good enough. I'll put it out. But I mean, in the sense of, you know what, not every show is going to be, you know, like a, some sort of award winning masterpiece. That is my goal that individually each episode, if I could somehow be entered into the podcast hall of fame and they, they listened to each episode, they would go, Oh my gosh, this is so good because there are episodes that I walk away from and I go, I'm really, really proud of that. Like that was meaningful to me. I shared some thoughts that I didn't know I had. There are thoughts I for sure started the show with, and then I felt like I made my points clearly, concisely, and interestingly. But then this show yesterday, or not yesterday, earlier today, I don't know. And so I thought, you know what? I want to do a show about that. How much is too much self-criticism? How much? When does it cross the line into being perfectionism. How do we know? I did an episode a few episodes back about compassion and that not my episode, but the, the research that I've done since then and what caused me to do that show about compassion is life changing because I'm not a very compassionate person before, I should say I am more so now, but I'm not a very compassionate person towards me, that is, towards you. If you did something or you my friend or family member or anybody I know, or even if it's just a random stranger, if a friend or associate or coworker came up to me and said, you know what, <sighs> I just got fired. I just got fired because I lost some money that I, whatever, if you're working at a restaurant or retail or something, I lost some money or I, I mishandled money. And this was the second time they did it. It was a completely innocent mistake. Second time I did it. And I, I, you know, I don't know what to say. I'm such an idiot. How could I do this? I needed this job. I'm a moron. Like this random whoever person, friend, associate, whatever, comes up to me and says that. I would never say, you stupid idiot, you're a horrible employee, you're never gonna get another job, what a waste. Like, why did you make that mistake the first time, let alone the second time? What were you thinking? What were you doing? You should know better, you should have done better, you should be better, you should, you should, you should, you should. I would should all over myself. One of my favorite things a therapist said to me once, don't shit all over yourself. You know what it sounds like, shitting, shitting, right? I wouldn't say that to you, but I would say that to myself. And that's why what I mean by I'm compassionate with a friend or a family member or associate or even a stranger, but then take the same exact situation and I put myself in that situation and I'm a piece of crap. 
we so easily talk negatively to ourselves. And I've come a long way, baby, as they say. And being more compassionate is a muscle that you can develop and really work on. And the more you do it, the more you do it. And then the more you do it, the more you do it. And it's a cyclical thing and it's great. And it feels good to know that you can be kind to yourself and almost be a friend to yourself in a way that perhaps you haven't been before. But then there are moments or situations where I think it's difficult. Like for example, if you are somebody who does something creative, I, in fact, I might play it for you. I had the opportunity to sing for a, uh, um, um, like a nonprofit organization. It's a, an arts nonprofit, which is a local organization here in my county. It's called the North County Coalition for the Arts or of the Arts, NOCA for short. And every year they do a fundraiser and every year they reach out to local talent and see if they'd like to participate. And I did it last year and I think I did it a few years back and then they asked me to do it again this year, which is a really nice honor that people think of you because there's only 10 singers who get to do it. And there's a lot of talented people in the community who would love the opportunity to sing. So to be asked to be one of them two years in a row is really flattering and really nice. However, for me, last year I sang and it was, it's this song that I absolutely love. And it has a repetitive thing where a couple of the, the, the phrases and the lyrics overlap in a way and I forgot the lyrics. In the middle of the song, I messed up and I realized it it's not that I don't know the lyrics. I just didn't know where I was in the song. And so I just made up some lyrics so that I could figure out in my head where I was supposed to go. And luckily the pianist kind of followed along and then caught up with me and I caught up with her and nobody was the wiser. If you didn't know this song, you wouldn't know that I made the, the mistake. But it was, so, it, it was maddening. It made me so upset with myself because I had rehearsed and practiced and rehearsed and practiced. And yet I, I've, I've always had a thing where if lyrics are similar, I have issues remembering the order. So if it's like row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Like then you do two of those and then you do one of something else like, oh, something about a boat, love boats, love boats. And then you come back to row, row, row your boat. I'll forget if I already sang the first part or was supposed to go to the second part once again, things like that, because I'll get so into this music and so into the emotion of it that I don't remember what I just sang or where I was. So, and I don't want to use the lyrics because then I feel like that's lazy. So all of these things, I'm being really harsh on myself and I have these expectations, but I'm like, no, I'll be able to do it. I did it in rehearsal and I go right up there and I mess up those lyrics. And again, nobody knew. Nobody knew. I knew though. And because of that, again, that was last year. This year, I was like, I don't know if I want to do it. 
because I'm not going to remember the lyrics. And so I, I started really being so critical on myself that I was almost messing up an opportunity because this year doesn't have anything to do with last year. I was going to sing a completely different song, but I had it in my head. I was going to mess up the lyrics. I was going to mess up the lyrics. And I want to play for you the song, or at least part of it. I put it on my um, Instagram stories and stuff, but I'll play a piece of it. But there's one part where I hit a bad note, which most people don't really notice, but I know I noticed. I hit a bad note um, because I was in my head and worried about the future stanza stanzas and and phrases and stuff like the because it's like chorus um i forget the lines of everything but anyway i was in my head about how it was going to go and so it's almost like a metaphor for life that if you're not in the moment you're going to miss things and in this case that's what i did and it was minor but i do want to point it out to you just because i think it's interesting and in fact, I'm feeling kind of sporty tonight. I might actually sing the song that I forgot the lyrics to, just acapella for you guys for fun. I'm just going to do it. After the commercial break, I will do it because I love this song and I didn't get a chance to really sing it the way I wanted to. Um, I'll do that and I'll probably... I'm going to do it without the lyrics and just see what I can remember. So I'm going to totally put myself on the spot and just go with it and see what happens. Um, and I think that's part of a good way to really practice not being self-critical is sometimes you just have to wing things. Sometimes you just have to do it and accept that they will go very well, pretty well, good, average, okay, less than okay, below average, bad, or terrible. But you can go on with whatever the thing is, your job, if you sing, if you write, if you do poetry, if you paint, if you dance, if you are just you know working really hard at your job and you're looking at a promotion and have to have certain skills or if you have to test for nursing school or being a lawyer or whatever the things are that you do that are so easy to criticize, to be self-critical of, whatever those things are, if somehow we find a way to just accept it's going to go some way, really good or really bad or somewhere in between, and then just don't beat up on yourself. I think that's such a great thing to be able to do. So <clears throat> I'm going to sing first after the break, and then I'll play the clip of uh, just a small clip because I sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz. And I wanted to do it kind of crooner, like soulful, a slower version. So it's it's a longer version. So I don't think I'm going to play the whole thing. But um, you can check it out on my Instagram if you want to hear the whole shebang. But I'll just play a clip of that. But I am going to come back and sing. And I'll tell you what that song is and why it means so much to me. And we'll see if I can remember the lyrics, even though I haven't sung it since last year. And I'm like angry at the song because I forgot the lyrics. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's me again. So I'm taking this little commercial break to just, first of all, thank you for each and every one of you who have 
subscribed to my YouTube channel. I'm super excited. I've actually surpassed a major milestone. In order to get monetized and to grow your YouTube channel, you have to have 4,000 watch hours. I didn't know how I was going to get that, but I've done it. I've surpassed 4,000 watch hours. So thank you guys so, so much. The next milestone is I have to have 1,000 subscribers. I have almost 200. So I'm almost 20% there. It's slow going, but I'm doing it. So if you haven't signed up yet, please check out my YouTube channel at Jody Rollins. You can follow the link in the show notes and just don't forget to subscribe. I do shorts regularly and I'm going to be adding more and more long form videos as my year progresses all about moving to New Hampshire and building our home, all sorts of fun stuff about travels. So check out my YouTube channel. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to my Patreon. The link is also in the show notes. You, if you are the very first person to sign up, will get something very special for me. There's all sorts of tiers that you can choose from, but go ahead, check it out at Jody Rollins on Patreon. And finally, if you haven't subscribed to, or I guess followed me on Instagram, go ahead and do that. And don't forget to check out my Insta stories where you get the latest updates and tidbits and sneak peeks of the show. Thank you guys so much. Please don't forget to follow this show on Apple Podcast. Just click the follow button in the upper right hand corner. There should be three dots or something that says follow and leave a written review if you can and click those five stars. Thank you for all of every moment you have spent listening to this show, subscribing, liking, following, and all of the above from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now back to the show. Welcome back. Okay. So sometimes I do stuff during the commercial break, various things, something with my daughter or there's a break or I get busy and I have to come back. I try to do record a show all the way through, straight through, because it's hard to remember what I didn't, didn't say, because sometimes I'll edit things and whatever, but I, it's usually just straightforward and all the way through for the entire show. But there will be a break that you guys hear and I might do something. Well, this particular break, I literally did nothing. Like we are right back. I, pl- I put the commercial in there, but we are right back and I took no time. So I didn't cheat. I didn't look up the lyrics. My mouth is a little dry. Let me just get a drink here, a little sip. I've got my Waterloo sparkling water. I'm not popular enough to get any kind of, uh, you know, collab with Waterloo, but it is my favorite sparkling water. I love their grape and strawberry. It's just so refreshing. So hang on. Okay. Hopefully I'm not going to burp during the song. Sparkling water makes you burp. Pardon me. So it's funny because my husband's in the other room sleeping, but I think he is a sound sleeper and I have two doors shut between us. So it should be okay. So um, first I want to sing this song. And again, it's almost a little thing that I'm doing for me. I'm going to be selfish. I'm doing it for myself, 
but also for you guys, because I like to sing and I like to perform and I've always loved singing and it's a great form of self-expression. But to show just almost, I'm using myself as a, gu a guinea pig. Like I said, I sang this song almost a year to this date. Um, I guess it would be like a week ago, a year and a week ago. I forgot the lyrics, made up some stupid nonsense that nobody knew. I sang it in the, the sort of tune of the song in a way that the song doesn't go. And then I just was so like embarrassed because it wasn't good enough. And people were like, you did such a great job. That's such a great job. And I'm just like, no, I didn't. Not to me. I had several friends that were like, when you're done, that don't live near me and couldn't come, please send me the recording. And I've never sent it to anyone. I just, ugh, I don't even know if I, I glanced at it and I was like, yuck. I watched it once and I never showed it to anybody else. And that's completely unnecessary self-criticism because other people would appreciate it. My friends who have been dying to hear me sing, but I couldn't get past that I forgot the lyrics. So I'm going to sing it for you today. So this song is called um, As If We Never Said Goodbye. And it's from a musical called, um, oh my God, what is it called? Sunset Boulevard. Had to think about that for a second. Sunset Boulevard, a famous, famous Broadway singer, Patti Lapone, just blew everyone away in the main role of Norma Desmond and sung this song. And it's, it's, it's about this has-been actress who's trying to make a comeback and she gets her shot and she's talking about what it's like for her to come back to show business. Even though she's older, people see her as washed up and she's a nothing and she's a little frightened, but she remembers everything. She remembers how to do it all. And it's as if she never said goodbye. And that song has just always resonated me because everything about the arts has always been a part of my life. I shouldn't say, that's not the best way to describe it, but everything about the creative process. I've grown up singing my entire life. I've had no, I have no memory of not saying when I was little, when I grow up, I want to be a singer and an actress. That's all I wanted to do was anything creative in some way. And I had these little talk radio shows when I was little, when I got my very first tape recorder, when I was five, I would just walk around with it and talk and do sound effects. And I would have radio shows and just, that's all I did. And so for me, it's such a big part of who I am. And I'm stifled when I don't get to do creative things. And there was a time in my life when that's all I did, right? I studied acting. I went to acting school. I studied theater and drama and speech communications in college. And then after college, I moved to New York City and auditioned for Broadway and musicals and TV and then moved to LA and auditioned for film and did TV stuff and very, very small, minimal successes. And then I moved here and got married to the desert and I was on a reality show, which was, you know, brief, but then I did a talk radio show and then I did a different podcast online radio show. Um, and then sort of nothing that was creative per se. I started my own business and that's creative in a different way. And it definitely feeds my spirit, but it's not, 
I'm not getting choked up, just had a little phlegm on my throat. <coughs> it's not the same, pardon me. It's not the same when you create stuff. I'm an entrepreneur. That's a different form of my creative process. And so this song, as if we never said goodbye, to me, has very little to do in particular about a show or show business, but it's about wanting so desperately to have a connection and a have the ability to perform in whatever capacity and to be successful at it. That is my dream. That is my hope. And it may never happen. You know, I've had some, like I said, modicum of success, but I've never had like smooth sailing and even some celebrities don't have smooth sailing, but like, you know, where you make, you become at least a thousandaire. That's what I'm at least aiming for. So don't have to be a millionaire, just a thousandaire. But this song is to me, it's just beautiful. And it just, it really speaks to my soul. So all of that being said, I guess I should just sing. And like I said, I've sung my whole life. Um, choirs, sang solos. I never was in a church choir, but like high school, the competitive choir and all that, and middle school. And I did this little singing thing where like when I was like 14 and we would sing at the mall. And we're all hoping to become famous because that's when this will age me. Tiffany and Debbie Gibson were big. They were like the pre-Britneys. They were teenage pop singers. So here we go. <clears throat> As if we never said goodbye. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm frightened. I know my way around here. The cardboard trees, the painted scenes, the sound here. Yes, a world to rediscover, but I'm not in any hurry. And I need a moment, the whispered conversations in overcrowded hallways, the atmosphere as thrilling here as always. Feel the early morning madness. Feel the magic in the making. Yes, everything's as if we never said goodbye. I've spent so many mornings just trying to resist you. I'm trembling now, you can't know how I've missed you. Missed the fairy tale adventures in this ever spinning playground 
We were young together. I'm coming out of makeup. The lights already burning. Not long until the cameras will start turning. And the early morning madness and the magic in the making. Why everything's as if we never said goodbye. I don't want to be alone. That's all in the past. This was waited long enough. I've come home at last. And this time will be bigger and brighter than we knew it. So watch me fly. We all know I can do it. Could I stop my head from shaking? Has there ever been a moment? Why everything's as if we never said goodbye. Yes, everything's as if we never said goodbye. We taught the world new ways to breathe boom oh i just i love that song and maybe i bottomed out on the microphone so hopefully i didn't blow out your ears <clears throat> but it just it speaks to me about going back to something and you know, could I stop my hands from shaking? Has there ever been a moment while everything as if, while everything's as if we never said goodbye? And I remember the part where I messed up and I was kind of like, am I going to remember? And I kind of got caught and then I was just like, I was just let it go. And that's it. That's the song. So I don't know if it's a song that touches you at all the way it touched me. <sighs> like I get a headache sometimes from hitting those big notes. It takes a lot of oxygen. Plus I'm trying not to blow out your eardrums and wake up my husband, but I had to reach for them. And uh, I think I, I look back to when I sang it and I made that mistake and the self-criticism that I've done to myself for a year, a year where I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this this year. I don't even know if I want to sing again. Like I almost kept talking myself out of it because I didn't want to forget. And I wanted to pick a song that I would not forget the lyrics. And so I picked something that I knew like the back of my hand, The Wizard of Oz, but I kind of got myself into this thought process, this rut of a thought process where I was like, I'm going to forget the lyrics on this too. I'm going to mess up the lyrics. It's not like I, they, they're not there. It's I'm going to mess up the order 
of the lyrics. And my heart was like, boom, 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 boom. When I got on stage and the announcer is like, they had an MC kind of, Jody Rollins is a podcast and she sings in blah, 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 blah. She's singing Wizard of Oz, which is came out in 1938. And I'm just standing there, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, stop, heart. Because I'm somebody that generally speaking, when it comes to performing, doesn't get nervous. But because I had criticized myself for such a, a long time, this entire year, that's what I did. That's what I figured was happening, that I would need to pay close attention to what I was doing and to focus on the lyrics and don't mess it up. Criticism, criticism, criticism. And because of that, I hit a bad note because I was focused on the lyrics. And I want to play that for you real quick. And again, I, I can pay attention to my singing and be kind to myself and be honest and say, look, I know I can sing. I know I'm talented. I know I'm qualified. I don't have to have a big head about it, but I also can see my mistakes. Like people are like, oh, don't beat up on yourself. I'm not beating up on myself. I'm just stating a fact. I hit a bad note. So the, the rest of the song is lovely, but I could have put more into it if I hadn't been criticizing myself. But let me just find it here. Here it is. And it's in the very beginning and I will point it out to you. So here we go. There's the audience. <laughs> this first part's acapella. When all the clouds darken up the skyway, there's a rainbow highway to be found leading from your window pane to a place beyond the sun just a step beyond the rain here comes the note get the idea. Just a little bit. If you want to, uh, I guess I didn't post the whole thing. Did I just post a clip? Yeah, I guess I just posted a clip of it on my Instagram. But if you really want to see it, you can DM me on Instagram and I will send you the clip and you can hear the whole thing or just check out, check out that clip on my Instagram, just that little piece. But I am really proud of this performance because I didn't let that self-criticism stop me. It started to. It told me, you're going to forget this, so don't even bother, don't sing, you're not gonna like this. And it turned something positive and beautiful and something that I'm honored to be asked to do, something that I enjoy doing and am good at, it turned it into a negative because I was just self 
negative, like flatulating myself. Like you're going to forget the words. You forgot the words last year. What are you doing? You know, why bother? I was trying to think of how I could get out of singing. I'm like, do I say I had COVID? Like, but I can't do that. I'm not a liar. So I was like, just do the damn thing, right? Just practice and do the best you can. And so when I listen to that, I'm like, oh, I hit that bad note because I was thinking ahead and I was thinking about something else. And then because it's a whole mind thing when you're a singer, you know, you're thinking about the notes and how you want to expose, express yourself and move your hands and, and the lights in your eyes. And all you can see is like the glow of the candles on these tables. You can't see a single person, which is maybe good or bad. I don't know, but it's like blindingly bright. And it's like your eyelashes are sparkling. It's, it's really cool and out of body and unique and fun. But if you go into it with a negative attitude, it's not good. So, you know, there was a part in there where I felt like I could have said somewhere over the rainbow. And I flattened it out. I was just like somewhere over the rainbow. So when do we stop? What part is, look, I'm just looking at the mistakes I've made in life or at my job or at school or with my friendships or with the relationship. We are all going to make mistakes, right? But at what point do we cross into self-criticism overload territory? I think it's very easy. It's almost, it can be like a, a gray line or a sort of a, uh, on to, just to the left of it is overdoing it. And to the right of this line is like, look, I'm just very serious about what I'm doing. And we just have to be aware. And the minute I started to treat myself with compassion, that's when I knew I could sing for this thing, this NOCA arts organization. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I love to sing and it's going to be okay. And there's a part in the song where I'm done with the parts that I knew that I might mess up. And it's just like, woo, we're home free. <laughs> like I could relax and get into the rest of the song. And that's when it was fun. But I could have given myself that from start to finish if I had gotten out of my own way. And that's all most of us or any of us have to do. We have to get out of our own way. So many of my girlfriends, we talk about these things and we're all in our 40s and 50s. And, you know, at this stage in life, you, you have all these expectations and you have all this pressure on you. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to be, I mean, to 20 year olds, you guys think we're old, but when you're in your 40s and 50s, you're like, well, I'm going to be old. Like someday I'm going to be like 70 or 80. It's like, oh my God, that's like knocking on my door. So you have all of this pressure to make sure you establish yourself in your career, that you make the money that you feel like you deserve, that you get the kudos and the props, that you do things that you're proud of. There's all this pressure and it's hard. And so you spend a lot of time criticizing yourself. And then you look back in your past and you're like, oh, well, if in my 20s I had done this, and then in my 30s I had done that, then maybe in my 40s and 50s it would be this. And you can spend till you're blue in the face, worried about what you did or didn't do right 10, 20, 30 years ago, which is crazy that you feel like you have 30 years of an adult life under your 
pocket or under your belt or in your pocket, whatever. You can do all that or you can just be present in the moment and find the joy in all of it and take it easy on yourself and treat yourself with kindness and compassion. It's something that I think once you start doing it, like I mentioned, it's a good cycle that'll continue. You just have to start. So when I think of this episode that I did earlier today, I might put it out as a bonus episode next week sometime. Um, I probably will. I don't know. It's hard to say because already I know that I'm proud of this episode. I didn't come on here expecting to sing and maybe some people listen. They're like, okay, Jody, that's nice, but I don't listen to podcasts to listen to somebody singing acapella. But on the other hand, I don't know. I hope that people are like, oh my gosh, this is a different side to her. I don't get to usually hear her sing, you know, and this is what this show is about. Stories and observations beyond small talk. I am just being bare naked with my emotions and talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart, singing. And so I think for me, the way I can, I guess the litmus test of what is fair self-criticism and what is overdoing it is how I feel while I'm doing it and after I've done it. Moreover, that is to say, if I create a podcast episode, for example, and before I put it out, before I publish it, I'm just like, well, that was a steaming pile of dung. That's a turd. That episode's terrible. What are you thinking? No one's going to want to, gonna, no one is going to want to listen to this. They'll listen to it part of the way. They're not going to like it. Any new listeners are just going to tune in and go, we don't want to hear this garbage. Who cares about that? And then you're going to lose listeners and then no one's going to listen. Like this is the stuff you say to yourself. I know I do. Who feels good after that? I can do that or I could say to myself, you know, self, I have a standard and I go by a feeling. I can feel when I've put out a good episode or at least what I consider a good episode, what I attempt to attain which is a very real, raw, and honest episode that usually contains elements of life lessons, both struggles, triumphs, and tribulations. That's the shows that I like to listen to, where people talk about things they've overcome or are in the process of overcoming, and maybe how I, Jody, can apply those things to my life. That's what I try to do with this show. I take my stories and my observations of other people's stories, whether they be on TV, Big Brother, Life, the guy down the street, whatever, something I'm reading, and share it with you guys. And there's a feeling I get. It's like a magic when I feel like this microphone is a true storytelling, like, uh, gosh, what do I want to say? It's a, 
storytelling vehicle. And I drive this vehicle with the words that come out of my mouth. And it does, it feels magical. It feels special to communicate ideas and thoughts and share personal stories and experiences just in the spoken word, really close, right into your ears. There's nothing better from a creative perspective for me than to storytell and the spoken word, even more than singing. Singing is secondary for me. The spoken word, meaning what I'm doing right now, motivational speaking, public speaking, podcast speaking, all anything that requires speaking. <clears throat> I love it. And when I feel that magic, when I feel that high, that's when I'm the most proud of my episodes. And this is one of those episodes. I thought to myself, I want to put out the best product that I can, and that's the best it can be for me. It doesn't have to be perfect, but the best it can be for me. And so here it is, 11.52 at night, and at about 10, I was like, well, maybe I'll just put out the other episode. It's okay. And I thought, no, I can do better. I'm awake. I've got the whole house quiet to myself. I can do better. And instead of saying to myself, well, that's a pile of crap, that other episode, what are you thinking? And then you put yourself down. Because at first I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? But then I was like, I want to be true to myself. And I want to share the experience of when you put out a, an episode or you record one, because I haven't put it out, and you're not overall happy with it. And then you go, it's like going back to the drawing board and you say, all right, I'm going to do this and do it differently. And this show, I'm proud of, because this is me. This is Jody Rollins, the voice of big time small talk. This is the stuff I like to talk about. This is the stuff I think you guys genuinely listen for. You don't care about hot topics. I mean, that's kind of what the show was. It was like a hot topic, hot take about a reality show. You can find those kinds of episodes anywhere. And I will listen to those kinds of shows for about mm, two minutes and then I'm out because there's no depth to that. And that's not the kind of show I want to do. And that's not the kind of show I do do. Is every episode perfect? Is every episode deep and moving and raw and open? No, but I do the best that I can. And when I get it right, and again, this is me judging myself. People listening may go, when you get it right, your show sucks. Or when you get it right, every now and then, I, don't, I barely like your show, but I kind of listen because I haven't found anything else or whatever. I don't think so. Usually people listen to podcasts because they like them. They don't usually tune in if, they don't, if they're kind of on the fence, right? But when I get it right, it is a glorious thing. And I can feel it. I can feel when I've shared ideas into this microphone and I've done a good job. And that's today. And I'm proud of myself for that. Before we go, I want to play a clip from um, one of my favorite 
motivational speakers. She has books, she has a podcast, she goes on tour, she used to have her own show. She has done it all. Her name is Mel Robbins. She actually, I wrote her because I was doing my, I, for those of you who are not familiar, I am an entrepreneur. I produce events. And a lot of times when you say you're an event producer, people think you're event planner. Like, oh, I plan weddings and quinceañeras and birthday parties. I didn't do any of that crap. Nothing wrong with anybody who does that. It's just not my thing. I create events, so things in my own head, and I make them happen, which is the coolest power to be able to do and really a neat and unique opportunity. And I loved it. Hard work, but I loved it. And so I did an agriculture expo. I live in Agricultural Valley. And then from that, I started a women's empowerment, a women's business empowerment um, uh, blah, 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 event. So people, women would come and we would do just really cool things. We had these great motivational speaking things and you would write yourself a letter and we would dance and we had a confetti blast and it was just fun and uplifting. People cried. People told me it was like one of the best things they'd ever done and it was such an honor. And I knew that I was inspired by Mel Robbins. And when I was putting the whole thing together, I, I asked her if she would come and speak. I'm like, you shoot your shot, right? And you miss every shot that you don't shoot. So here she is a multimillionaire. Let me just try. She has a huge TED Talk. You can Google Mel Robbins TED Talk. It's one of the most listened to TED Talks in the history of TED Talks, which by the way, if you're not familiar, TED Talks are, I think, 20 minutes or 19 minutes or less. And it's technology, education, and uh, I don't want to mess it up. Um, technology, education, and what does TED Talk stand for? TED stands for technology, entertainment, design. There we go. Technology, entertainment, and design, which really, they really talk about all kinds of things. But she was amazing. So I wrote her and her people responded, hey, you know, thanks so much. Mel's really busy. And then I wrote back and I said, is there any way she could just you know, record a video or something and I could play it at my event. And they wrote back and they're like, oh, we'd love to, but she doesn't really do that. And I wrote back and I said, can she write me a letter or anything? And she herself, and I saved it, wrote me an actual, just a really quick thing and basically said, good for you for not giving up and you kept trying and congratulations and I, you know, whatever, something like that and keep going. And I was just like, oh my God, like my, one of my favorite motivational speakers wrote me. So, and she was like pushing me to keep pushing in this world. You know, the first no, I could have just been like, oh, well, I tried. The second no, I could have been like, I'm probably bothering people. They were so nice. And then the third time I got a yes. So I just want to play this quick, quick, I can't speak. It's getting late. Quick clip from Mel Robbins talking about self-criticism. It's just a, a, a really quick one. Here we go. How does criticizing yourself actually help you? What if you could flip that and learn how to cheer for yourself every single day, every week, every year of your life, step by step, as you move toward your goals and your dreams? Just imagine if you were your biggest cheerleader, fan, and encourager, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? It shouldn't be. I want you to answer this question honestly. How frequently do you cheer for yourself? I bet you just came up with the same conclusion I did. Almost never. Why? 
Why don't you cheer for yourself? If being loved, encouraged, and celebrated feels so damn good, if it keeps you going and helps you achieve your goals, why don't you do it for yourself? Why don't we do it for ourselves? It's like we're all raised to be taught or we're all taught when we're raised or while we're being raised that that's sort of egotistical or you're snobby or you're self-centered or self-aggrandized or all of the negative self-self stuff. Now it's you're a narcissist. But why not celebrate yourself? Why not celebrate the things that you can do or the things that you're learning to do or the things that you've done forever that you do well? Why not? It sometimes is embarrassing for me to say, I'm a singer. I can sing. I don't have a doubt in my mind that I am an excellent singer. Is my voice for everyone? Maybe not. But I can tell you I can sing. And I'm not a narcissist because I can also tell you the things I don't do well. I just ripped apart a, a bad note that I sang. But it's good to be able to say what we are good at and celebrate ourselves. Celebrate ourselves for just being, not just what we can do. Celebrate yourself for just being a freaking person on this earth, trying to make it every day. It's hard. Life is hard. And we can choose to just crap all over ourselves. Oh, why'd you do this? You should have done that. You got to quit smoking. Why aren't you quitting smoking? Blah, 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 blah. Why are you still doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, yeah, maybe you should quit smoking, but you don't have to be beating up on yourself. Oh, you said you were going to go to law school. You didn't go to law school. Now you're in school and you're not studying enough. You're, blah, blah, blah. you're stupid. You can't do this. Oh, you just got this job. Who's going to hire you? Why are you going to... If we could just stop, it may not happen overnight. It probably won't, but maybe, maybe every night before you completely just close your eyes and go off into never, never land, the moment you close your eyes and turn out the light and all of that, maybe if you could just think of three things that you should celebrate yourself for, just three things, close your eyes and say, you know what? I'm a really good student. I may not have the best grades, but I work really, really hard and I am making it through college. Maybe just that one thing. Or maybe your second one could be, you know, I'm a really good cook. I cook for my family or my friends or I bake or maybe I create things. Let me pat myself on the back for that. Or maybe I'm a good girlfriend or boyfriend, or wife, or just friend, or son, or daughter, or niece, or nephew, whatever. Maybe you're a fast runner or good at sports. Maybe you're good at your job and you're managing other people and projects and you're good at that. Maybe you dropped out of school and now you're working a job that you enjoy. Good for you for making the, the decision to leave something that wasn't working for you. Whatever those things are, you got your dream car, you worked hard, you saved for it. I have a lot of people who write me and say, I really wanna be on Big Brother. I'm so sorry I'm bothering you, but can you give me some advice? First of all, usually they say, I loved you on Big Brother, you got robbed. I watched you on preseason and yada, 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 stuff like that. And you're so, like they say the sweetest things. Like I've watched you over the years because it's been over a decade since I was on that show. 
and they still remember me. And they're like, I'm, I'm so sorry I'm bothering you. They always say that. And for me, I'm like, first of all, you're not bothering me. You wrote me and said really sweet and kind things. You remember a chick who was on TV for like five minutes. I mean, yes, I was on for nine years on the show in some capacity and on Celebrity Big Brother. But, you know, I feel like it's an honor to have somebody consider themselves a fan of you. And the least I could do is respond. So they're not bothering me. And I tell them what I think they should do and give them the advice I would give anyone about that show, which is a very specific set of advice. If you want to know, if you're curious, you can write me. I'll tell you what I tell everybody who wants to be on that show. But the whole point is, whatever it is you're doing, don't feel like you're bothering somebody. Pat yourself on the back. Because if you're bothering the person, they're not going to get back to you. So it doesn't matter how nice you are or what you say to them that's pleasant or if you say you're bothering me or am I, I'm sorry, you're bothering, I'm bothering you. It doesn't matter because if they're going to be that person that doesn't respond to you, F them. You don't need that. So those people aren't bothering me. But so tonight when you go to sleep or tomorrow or whenever in the next day or two, just, just try, just try something new. Just think of three things that you can physically pat yourself on the back for. Like reach over with your right hand, find your shoulder, go back to your shoulder blade, right? What is it, your speculum? That's in the front, your, yeah, spec, speculum, I think that's it. Your clavicle's in the front, your speculum is right here. What is your shoulder blade called? Oh, I hate when I, um, mispronounce things or forget things. What is your shoulder blade bone called? The scapula. There we go. Scapula. So I was close. Um, put that hand on your scapula and literally pat yourself on the back for something, anything, and make it a habit. And if you can, do it throughout the day. We all deserve that. Not just me, all of us. I deserve that, you deserve that. Just try it. Because what happens when you start being kind and compassionate to yourself and you start celebrating your wins and patting yourself on the back is you have a whole better like few minutes. And then you do more of that and those few minutes turn into better hours and the hours turn into days and the days turn into weeks and months and years and you see where I'm going with this and you end up a more content and happy person. I've shared with you guys, I struggled with depression and anxiety for years and it's an ongoing battle with the anxiety but the depression, a lot of it was me shit talking myself and it's a different life experience when you are kind and compassionate to yourself. It's a skill, but we can all learn it if we practice. And if you don't wanna to listen to me, look, I'm no expert. I'm just giving information based on personal experience. Look up books on compassion. Google compassion. You will see articles written about it. If you don't want to read, some people don't like to, some people are dyslexic, some people are busy and you want to listen, find a podcast, 
other episodes of mine, or you can go on to YouTube and just put in the search box, TED Talks about compassion, and all kinds of things will come up. And then start treating yourself that way. It truly is life changing. And it starts with the small things. So if you're like me and you were crapping all over yourself about singing from one year to the next, as soon as I got out of my own way, it started to become a better experience. In fact, I actually put my name in the ring or on the list or whatever to sing the national anthem at our local rodeo. I, I sang it like, oh gosh, I think six years ago. And it was a bucket list thing for me to sing the national anthem in an arena. I, I, that was on my bucket list. I used to practice it in parking garages because you would get this great echo. And I knew I could knock that song out of the park. And I got the opportunity. And this particular rodeo is huge around here. And so it's a 20,000 person arena. And it is so exhilarating because the way they did it was they did this little flyover with a plane. And as soon as you hit that big high note, the plane was like, and this guy jumps out with a parachute. I think, I think that happens later, but the plane flew over right when I hit that note and I got chills and it's just like, and then American flag came down just amazing. And I started to talk myself out of doing it again this year. I was like, what if I forget the words? What if, what if, what if, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, no, forget that. You can do this. And they may not pick me, but at least I know that I tried. So we'll see what happens. I'll let you guys know. I'll record it if I do it and I'll put it on my social media. But I'm gonna be, comp I'm gonna be compassionate and kind to myself no matter what the outcome is. And that's all we can do. No matter what the outcome is, good, bad, or indifferent in anything we do or any of our relationships or any of our experiences, be kind and compassionate to yourself. It matters. And it's a good thing. That's what I think anyway. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it.